holy crap, my car is working really good too. So I'm like, holy crap, I might have a shot well, to win this thing. And I was second. I got around both of them too. Yeah. You were right and there. So behind it was, and I, I was like, heck yeah, it's like the good old days. <laughs> Take that, little kids. This is Alex Sturgeon with the Hobbytown Hobbyplex here with my uh, faithful companion, Will Brinton. And uh, we're here to talk about stuff going down at the Hobbyplex and maybe a little bit of just life in general. Pivotlanding.com sponsors a show, makes it weekly for us. They cover the cost of production and uh, have been now for uh, a good number of months. And if you uh, call them up and get a hold of Don Zoller, for either a home loan or a uh, maybe a refinance, something along those lines, you can get yourself a $500 lending credit or 0.125 off of your rate. And uh, that's a huge deal. We've already had plenty of people, it sounds like, take it up, which means that people are listening and which also means that this thing will get paid for for at least a while longer. Yeah. So go buy a house. Yeah, go buy a house. From Speaking of that, uh, remember how I was talking about finding a house with like land and stuff? Yeah. A house came up. My sister sent it to me north of here. $2.5 million, Will. Yeah, just go buy it. You got it in the bank, right? Yeah, that is not happening. My heart was crushed. I was like, oh, that place is awesome. And then I looked at the price. I'm like, holy crap. It better be awesome. Does it have a pool? (sighs) You know what? I didn't didn't look. I just, I saw the land, the acres, and then I saw the house and went, oh, that's pretty. And that's about, and then I saw the price and then I was like, ah, shut the door. How much land is it? It was like 87 acres. Maybe sweet. Yeah, that would be totally sweet. But if I don't have $2.5 million lying around, just like sell a couple Bitcoin. (laughs) 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 All right. We're actually both phoning in this time. I usually drive downtown to my uh, my sister's Weberized.com studio and uh, and get to sit in with the nice cool microphone and everything. Tonight, I am in my man cave, staring at my phone, staring at Will on his phone as, uh, as we go over stuff because the world is on fire, basically. So there's that. Downtown Omaha is a dumpster fire in the metaphorical sense. And my sister and I decided probably not a good idea for me to even try to go down there tonight. There is a curfew and we usually are done with the podcast at say eight o'clock and the curfew actually starts at eight o'clock. So yeah. Mm-hmm. Will, what's, uh, what's Lincoln doing right now? How crazy is it? Uh, I guess it's pretty crazy. Well, I actually drove back from the Plex on Saturday. There was already something going on at the, city county building and i pass it on my way home on 9th street every time i come back from the plex or 10th street rather and uh it was i mean there was a ton of police vehicles there and uh blue lights everywhere and it's hard to process yeah no no doubt i'm very frustrated with with things right now and uh I'm pissed off that it it's starting to affect things at the Plex a little bit. I've, I I uh, we're going to go over how this upcoming weekend summer series is being modified slightly to uh, to still 
with the COVID-19 stuff. It's not even has anything to do with the, uh, the craziness of the, of, of protests and riots protesting. I'm all down for, I'm, I pretty much agree with it completely. The riots suck, you know, just, there's just stuff that people work their whole life for and, and it can get ruined in a matter of hours. You know, Mm -hmm. I think what, what bothered me the most and, and the problem is, is I'm sure some of it's fake and I'm sure some of it is, is gotta be some sort of disinformation or, or maybe even some sort of, I don't know, like, like Russian hack or something like that. But it, it said, you know, uh, I've seen some stuff pop up that, that threatened, you know, where I live way out here in, uh, in middle of nowhere outside of Omaha, you know, Mm -hmm. And, and that really does bother me because I'm not, I wouldn't be prepared for anything like that, to be honest with you. You know, I, I'm not, I, it scares the hell out of me, honestly. So it's just weird to have this thing going on now, juxtapositioned against the three weeks of awesomeness that we've had. Like just when it, it's like, like when we come back and we're racing and like guys yell at each other on the driver's stand. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, it, like, <laughs> <laughs> like we finally got back. <laughs> yeah, it's weird because like the first week we were back, it was like I was euphoric. The second week we were back, I was having a bad day. It's like I, I just rolled out of bed on the wrong side and just was having a rough day to begin with. And then last week it was like euphoria again. Everything was going well and everybody's happy and the racing was good. Mm-hmm. Everybody's super happy with the new track. You know, I don't know. Yeah. Just, Things were getting yeah. awesome again. I thought, I thought we were kind and of I think, seeing the, the light at the end of the tunnel with the COVID. And I think this weekend will be a nice distraction again from everything else going on out there in the world. So I think we're still going to have a decent, you know, I think we're going to have a decent race day and it'll be nice to get more of the gang back together all at once. I'm looking forward to it. And uh, we should probably talk about what's going on with our seating arrangements, pit area, all that stuff. Coronavirus update. The first Monday of the month, I'm in with a manager's meeting with the owner and with the general manager, Tim. And you know, lately those once a month meetings have become more than just, you know, what's going on behind the scenes at the Plex with the regular store stuff, but also with how we're going to handle racing. And so last month, you know, we kind of announced, Hey, we're going to start racing this day. We're going to use online signup. We're limited it to 30 people because that's how many pits we have. And that seemed to work out as the weeks progressed. We've had three good, really good club races. Mm-hmm. And as the weeks progressed, you know, more people were bringing you know, their kids. So the entry count kind of increased. So I'm just looking at it. And on the 16th, we had 61 entries with 32 people on Mm the 23rd. We had 76 entries with 38 people. And then on the 30th, we had 81 entries with 42 people. And Hmm. I think people would look at that and go, wait a minute, aren't you guys breaking the rules? And no, we weren't because there were a lot more family members and kids there every single week as it progressed. So right. it's since they're from the same household, they can all share a pit table. It's kind of like going to a restaurant and sitting with your family at the same table, you know? Right. Yeah, exactly. Starting June 1st, the state of Nebraska, and, then, and this actually came out a couple of weeks ago, but the state of Nebraska issued some new guidelines and one of them, and this was the one that we were, 
were actually interested in was capacity level. And mm. instead of, you know, 10 people, it was now 25% capacity. So the Hobbyplex, the capacity of the pit area is 307 people. So you divide that up, 25% is about 75 people. And that's kind of what we went with. Well, then it just so happens that the amount of pit tables we have now, if we let them all open up instead of every other one like we've been doing, if we let all the pit tables open up, there's 76 pit spots down there, not including mine. Hmm. I put on RC sign up today. I made a post on on the Summer Series page explaining what we're doing, how we have to limit it to 75 people or households. So I can tell you already that since I did that, which was about four o'clock, so that's been on for about two and a half hours now. I looked and I thought it was up to like 50. Yeah, it's at 55 right now. So Who, who's so the last I'm, entry no doubt right now? Tim Sutherland was the last one that I saw. Looks like the Vanderbeeks got in there, both Mac and Alex. But uh, since I last looked, I, I looked at number 41 and... Yeah, you got Kinzer, uh, the Pavels went in there and did that for, for him, um, Brian Morey and the Vanderbeeks, uh, Corey Tannehill just, just went in there and did his. The Hutch group all got in there. I had to manually add one of them because they don't have an account. So yeah, so I mean, just, just within two and a half hours or at 54. So no doubt that 75 is going to fill up awfully quick. And right. I, it sucks. But at the same time, if you go back into live RC, and you go all the way back to last year's summer series races round our round six, our last round in September had exactly 75 people. And okay. the first round in May had 75. And then in the, sometimes in the summer I, I saw as, as high as 87. And that, I think that was our August round had 87 people in it. So somebody might be left out, but I think a majority of who would sign up and come are people who would already sign up and come. Maybe we'll get some new people as well, but that's kind of what it looks like. And it doesn't have to remain at 75 people because, again, if you add in family members, kids, you know, that sort of thing from the same household, you're going to have more than that 75 people count. Right. So hopefully we only have to do that for June, you know? Yeah, hopefully. And then I had some people questioning about this curfew thing here in Omaha. And uh, hopefully by the time, you know, this comes out, you know, on Friday or Saturday, you know, the curfew will be a thing of the past to anyways. But if it's not, we'll try to figure out a way to deal with it. I think um, technically we actually are outside of city limits. So we got that going for us. Which is nice. That's one nice thing about buying stuff locally at the Plex because we're, we're outside of city limits. We're a 2% lower tax rate. <laughs> that's, that's actually, you know, if you buy a, a Trax Max or something, that's quite a bit. Yeah, that's yeah. We've we've mentioned that to people. We'll get the we'll get that guy that's been like, "Hey, man, what if I buy two of these? Will I get a discount?" And our typical response is, "Well, we're actually outside of city limits, so you're already getting a two percent discount as it is." Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, not too bad. What's new? Can you think of anything? Uh, so we got the summer series stuff out of the way. Can you uh, think of anything new? Any new products? Associated just released two little 28 scale cars today. Really? I didn't even know. Those things sell like crazy uh, at the Plex. And we've had the uh, like the RC10 Jam and J Halsey paint job. 
We've had mm-hmm. the little, the little SC 28s. Those have been, you know, real popular. Those are really good sellers. So these two, one is a Truggy and then one is like, it's a CR 28. So it's like a, a, uh, it looks like a mini crawler. They call it a trail truck. So it's, it's probably just a, the same chassis, just different body and tires. It's still cool though. They're like repurposed something like that. The T28 Truggy RTR. What's it going for? I was trying to find a price. It says available in June. I bet you it's going to be about probably about 50 or 60 bucks, just like the rest of them. Yeah, that's my guess. And then probably same thing for the other one, the CR28, probably be the same thing. So that's pretty cool. Other than that, I'm trying to think of anything groundbreaking that's been new. Yeah, not there's really hasn't been a whole lot to talk. Oh, what? Well, yes, we do. Byron's. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. See, this is what happens when I don't write stuff down. So the big news of the week, I think it came out last Thursday, was that Byron's Fuel is discontinuing the fuel. Or Byron's Originals, I should say, is discontinuing Byron's Fuel. Yeah, I saw, I, I seen yeah. that. And yeah, not a lot of people are racing gas. So so does that mean even their airplane fuel? Yeah, all the, all the fuels. Yep. All the fuel shut down. The remaining inventory will get sold. And then all the uh, it said in the press release, it said that all the people that worked uh, that works there on the Byron's fuel side are going to get transferred to their other departments. So Byron Originals doesn't just make fuel. I believe they make I believe they mix chemical agents for like um, swimming pools and whirlpools, like hot tubs and stuff. And then I think they have a plastic huh. injection molding facility. Yeah, I don't know. That was kind of a shocker. But at the same time, the price of fuel has gone up so much. You know, a year ago, I was starting to wonder if fuel is going to get priced out of the market any more than it already had been. And then also, how hard would it be for companies to keep making fuel and, and keep profiting from it? So nobody entry yeah. level is getting a nitro vehicle anymore. Like, why would you buy a T Max when you can get a E Max that you don't have to tune the engine or break it in or nothing, and it just goes. You know, I mean, the early two thousands right. for nitro and Raider runs was just insane. If you think about it that way, you know, once Lipo and Brushless came out, it kind of it was like the nitro killer. I kind of had a feeling something like this would happen. You know, hopefully VP, because isn't VP pretty much like the only only game in town now? Well, one of the brands that comes to mind is uh, Bones Brew. Brew. Well, when yeah. I went to Stateline uh, the last couple of years, that was a very popular fuel brand. But yeah, uh, I don't even think I don't even think Sidewinder is that much of a thing. Have you seen anybody run Sidewinder fuel lately? I haven't. Mayfield is the last person I saw that ran it, and that was a while ago. Huh. I think he but, started. But he does in, MX. Yeah, right. Is and it I don't v- know VP we, or MX? Uh, I think it's MX. I would think that the MX engines comes with MX fuel. But I wonder who makes MX fuel. You know, I mean, yeah, I if it's know. just a rebranded VP or something. But, I mean, VP right. should should you know, survive it. I don't see them not making RC car fuel because they already do so much with nitro anyway, with full size racing. I think that they're the distributor for like top fuel fuel. 
You know, and like they, they have yep. VP gas stations, you know. Traxxas was made by Morgan, wasn't it? Morgan Fuel? I think Morgan Fuel used to make O'Donnell or something like that. That's why O'Donnell Fuel used to be right. so good. Remember, Wildcat Fuel got gobbled up by Byron's a couple years ago. Yeah. And then Nitrotain, uh, the Losi Fuel, VP makes that. Well, that's made by VP. Yeah, that's definitely made by VP. I remember that. Mm-hmm. Well, I can tell you from from what we've seen at the Hobbyplex, I'd say up until this this lock COVID lockdown stuff started happening in in March, mm-hmm. uh, we would we would hardly ever sell any fuel. The only time we ever sold fuel uh, was we had to make sure we had it in for the Techno series. Yeah, and then and then every once you know we'd we'd have Traxxas fuel on hand for Traxxas cars, but it wasn't selling that often. Now let me tell you something. When this COVID lock lockdown stuff started happening, oh my gosh, we ran out of fuel because all these people that had nothing to do started going into their basements and their garages and pulling out all their old nitro cars and then bringing it in for us to to figure out how to get them to run again. And then they would buy, you know, a couple quarts or a gallon of fuel. I mean, we were out of VP fuel for an entire month because there really? was such a backlog of orders. Yeah, there was such a backlog of orders at VP that it took that long to get that in. And then I made a in between March and now a couple of weeks ago, I made two specific Byron fuels orders for the courts that we carry. So, you know, it, it was just weird. All of a sudden, poof, we, we, we really desperately needed fuel again. I don't think that's going to be something that holds up over the course of time, especially when people, you know, have been getting back to work and, you know, realizing, you know, that they're, 10 year old T max needs tuned every time they run it, you know, that sort of thing. But yeah, I was still, I was still kind of surprised. I plus the other thing too, is when people come in and they're, and they ask about cars and they, one of the things they ask about are nitro cars and we show them the price of fuel. They're like, Holy crap. The last time I bought fuel, it was, it was $23 a gallon. And now it's $43 a gallon. Is it $43 a gallon now? Some of it is. Yeah. Holy uh, cow. I think our VP 30% is about that price. I think 20% maybe $39 a gallon. And then uh, Traxxas fuel is 50 bucks a gallon. What? That's a, yeah. That's, Traxxas that's fuel that's is unbelievable. Yeah. I haven't bought fuel across the shelf in a long time, but yeah, man. it's, it's up there. I even afford to run the thing. Uh, exactly. Thanks. And that's, that's, that's kind of the big news about that. It, it's, um, it it sucks to see another industry. I don't know what's the word. You know when you talk it's like about when fuel Novak closed. Always, yeah, right. The yeah, legacy, like I guess. Novak closed. You know, but because uh, they were, yeah, like you were saying, they're one of the first ones. I remember guys saying they'd mix up their own fuel, and it's like, whew, I don't know if I trust that, but <laughs> you know what I right. mean. But um, <laughs> hang on a second. Hang on. Uh, oh, excuse me. Hey, pass me a kickstart. Sorry. That was a weird one. Yeah, cracking coal one. Yep, we skipped it last week, so I had to get it in this week. Yeah, my uh, sister and her husband and my mom and her husband and my nephew over yesterday. 
we were eating outside and stuff. And I was trying, kept asking my nephew if he wanted a cold one. And he wouldn't. He never wanted a cold one. Cold soda. <laughs> I was drinking. I was drinking Lacroix, and I was like, "You want a cold one?" And he started sitting in this little chair. I found this little chair that was mine when I was a little kid. And I was like, "Sit in this chair. You're relaxing. You need a cold one." And he wouldn't do it. Oh, I'm so disappointed. Did you did you listen to last week's show? The the edited version. Yeah, you bet. Did did you, uh, dude? Uh, they. Mm-hmm. Uh, Weberize.com completely nailed your uh, can opening. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 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 Wasn't it, was it sparkling or was it fresh? I, I think it was sparkling. It made me laugh, though. I needed to laugh. That was perfect. The winner is... Let's talk about the last two weeks of racing. So the mains did not get loaded up from last week because... Hobbyplex lost internet at 6 p.m. Saturday, and we did not get it back until 1 p.m. Sunday. I was wondering about yeah. that. So if you get on LiveRC and look it up, the only main that got loaded up was the 13.5 four-wheel drive B main, and then we lost internet after that. Yeah. So where do you want to start? Do you want to start with uh, with this week, or do you want to go all the way back to the previous week? We could just we put go to the two and two together, maybe. That's fine. Yeah. The more shout outs, the better. I'm sure people, I'm sure Jackson's yeah. listening right now. What just dropping at the bit to hear his name. <laughs> Jackson Anderson. Yeah. So two weeks ago we had that, we had that it was 80 something entries. There was a 13, five B main, a two wheel mod buggy B main and an independent stock buggy B main, just like there was basically the last, the, the three races we've had, those three classes have had, um, the lower mains and, mm-hmm. I know Emerson went home two weeks ago, so he didn't partake in the B main, but Derek Wood found himself in the B and he also found himself in the B this week in mod two yeah. drive. Right. And he ended up winning two weeks ago. And then last week, I think he got second and Ken Peterson moved up if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I, I think you're right. And, uh, if we get into Plexpec, so two weeks ago, Plexpec actually had, I think, six or seven entries. I think there was, no, five. Okay, so there was five. So we had Steve Wall and Josh McMullen win Plexpec. So Steve uh, qualified second, but one. He was running a, like, I believe it's a four by four slash, maybe. Hmm, that's cool. Or maybe it was a Centon. I think it was a Centon with like eight scale tires on it. It's a perfect mm-hmm. Plexpec machine because it's mm-hmm. got fenders and big tires on it. Yeah. And then McMullen ran McMullen ran his slash. I know that for sure and ended up finishing second. And then Josh Ryan got another third. So Josh uh, was able to get ahead of both Nevin and Eli Vanderbeek, who looks. Have you dude, Eli? Max, youngest kid Mm -hmm. is a clone of his dad. Yeah. Like Alex and Owen. Alex and Owen look like him, but. Holy crap. Eli even has his mannerisms. It's down to his mannerisms. It's crazy. <laughs> so funny. Emerson has my mannerisms sometimes, especially when he gets mad. He likes to throw things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, mod four wheel drive uh, two weeks ago. You had Tom Rinderneck pretty much on a roll. Vanderbeek was second. Ethan Dallaire got a third. And then it was Aiden Olson, Mitchell Pavel, uh, Daryl, uh, Wallen, 
and Patrick Mitrovics. Oh, and then Wunschel, but I think Wunsch, Eric Wunschel did not run the main. So Tom, Tom's TLR car, his, his 22X4 is on point. Is that the cool thing to say now? On point? Yeah, no, that, that thing's uh, working good. I kind of, I need, I need to try to lighten my, my car up. I think that that's where a lot of the, where I need to, where I could get it better is if I light, make it lighter. Yeah. Now you were in the four wheel drive main this Saturday. Yeah. And I, did you finish third? Is that right? No, in two wheel, I finished third. Oh, that, yeah, we'll talk about where that. I ended up. I know that, um, again, because they didn't load up, I kind of had to kind of have to go by memory from last week, but I, I'm pretty sure Tom and Alex Vanderbeek once again, uh, were up there. And I think Ethan Dallaire again was, was in the top three. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Did you know that the B74 diff gear diff fits in a 22X4? No, I didn't. That's pretty cool. Well, I just found that out. And so I might actually build my car now. Do they not have a gear Is diff it? for it? They do, but it's not in stock anywhere. Oh, it's been on back order for like two months. So I want to, I want to build my car and run it, but at the same time, I don't want to build it twice. So. I've just kind of, ha- I've been hanging on to it and I'm not going to run two classes at the summer series because again, I run the races. So I pretty much just, just run, I run one class and that's it. Two wheel drive mod is my, that's my game. That's, mm-hmm. that's my favorite class of all time. So I'm not going to, you know, give it up to run a four wheel drive car, even though it's cool, but you ran four wheel drive. And what did you learn with your car? Did you learn anything? I know I don't like V2 gray rear springs on it, but other than that, there's just some setup stuff that I want to work on. I don't know if the shock oil I have in it is too light for the for the weight of the car. I mean, there, that's kind of a balancing act. I also don't know yeah. if I have the tires right. So, I mean, there's just so so many adjustments on on these cars now. It's it's hard to they're not hard, but it's just I need to know what the what what adjustments I need to make um, or make sure yeah. I'm going in the right direction. I talked to, or I texted Alex Vanderbeek to send me his four wheel setup because it looked, his car looks pretty good. It was just like, yeah. as the grip kept coming up, my car like was just catching every single bump in the track. Mm. So I don't know. I mean, that would normally tell me I need to go lighter in chalk oil, but that and trying to get my car to turn faster. That, that's the, the other thing I've been working on is just trying to get more, more uh, initial steering out of it. Just more overall steering. So you have to slow down so much to get the car to steer. So I don't know if I don't have the front tires right for it, or maybe I should go with a little bit more caster or what, but it's just trying to get the steering to balance the way I like it. Yeah, I'm, I need to get this car built. I've been ramping up wanting to drive it. I might just club race with it. Yeah. And and then I, ha- and then I have it. So if I do go to a big race at some point, you know, soon, or if Emerson and I both get into the Reedy race, then at least I'll have a four wheel drive ready to go and I can build him one. Yeah. You know, that is if they have the Reedy race out in South or uh, Southern California, you never know the world's on fire. So, Yeah. Right. 
It'll be 2021. Uh, stocks, so it should be fine. Yeah, dude, 2020 is just it's like I I was I was trying to I was trying to make a post today that that conveyed like when I was sharing the summer series stuff, I was trying to figure out what to say to make it to convey my just astonishment by what this year has done so far. And it's like an acclaim video, video game. Remember, remember the mm-hmm. acclaim brand? Some of the, some of the worst video games have been made by acclaim. If I'm not, if mm-hmm. I'm, if I'm not mistaken, like, you know, it's one of those brands where you're like, uh, do I really want to spend 60 bucks on this? Yeah. You know? 2020 just keeps on getting these ridiculous levels added onto it that, that just are worse and worse and worse. Yeah. It's like, but wait, there's more. Yeah. And, you know, I thought it was going to be murder hornets as I'm sure other people did, but, uh, no, uh, enter race riots. And like serious, serious rioting, you know? Yeah. I don't know. Murder Hornets would be pretty welcomed right now. All right. So we're going to, uh, we're going to take a moment to, uh, hear from our friends at pivotlending.com and, uh, either, uh, David Olson or Don Zoller or maybe both. You never know. So, uh, we'll let them, uh, we'll let them take over for a second. Woo. And now a word from our sponsors. Yeah. This is a Pivot Lending Update with David Olson and Don Zoller. Get some. When we talk about the actual rates, can you equate that into actual dollar terms? What that means for a person buying a house, what they're actually going to owe or save if, if, if they get, you know, a really good rate versus yep. a not so good rate at the end of their 30 year, if they, if they stay there and there that long? Yeah. So and that's, that's a great question because a lot, there's a lot of folks out there that are waiting to refinance until the rate drops 1%. Mm-hmm. And it's all a function on loan size. So if you have a, an $80,000 loan, you really almost need one and a half percent drop. If you have a $400,000 loan, you can use it, you can make a half a percent drop. So quantitatively, yeah, we can figure that out. Typically, if you're at a 1% drop in rate on 200,000, you're probably looking at somewhere between 70, 100 bucks a month, somewhere right in there. In fact, what we'll look at doing, we'll do a break-even analysis on it. Right. We so, talked about that yeah, before. Yeah. So it, it makes sense because, again, if, if you're below 100 grand, I mean, it takes several months to break even on that. So it may not be in your best interest to refinance. Hmm. So... But um, as far as the market movement goes, right now, uh, rates are kind of stalled a little bit because of the issues we're having in servicing and um, in subservicing. With the the last stimulus package that came out and the protection um, and allowing the borrower to skip payments over the next three to six months, in the servicing world, you have two schedules of payments. So if I'm receiving payments and I'm, I'm a bank or I'm, I'm working on behalf of the bank, there is actual, actual, and then there's schedule, schedule. So actual, actual means that as the payment comes in, you make the payment to the investor, which is Fannie Mae or Ginnie Mae, or to, you, you make the payment for them on their behalf. If it's schedule, schedule, if you don't receive a payment as the servicer, you still have to make the payment. 
for the borrower. So right now there's a, a lot of services out there that are on the hook for the next six months for making these payments for everybody and it's created a huge issue and kind of a bind on their side because they're like, look, we're not taking on any more additional volume right now because we're already covering, you know, the current slack that's, that's going to go into forbearance over the next six months. And we're concerned that any new loans that we put on the books, that immediately that borrower is going to go into forbearance. So right now, and I know that uh, it's FHFA, which is Federal Housing Finance Authority. So they regulate uh, Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac uh, as far as get the guidelines go. And they're looking to put some relief into the servicers as a backstop so that they'll start buying loans. So it's kind of a weird time. David Olson, NMLS 16099. Don Zoller, NMLS 277589. Pivot Lending, NMLS 1099995. We return you now to your regularly scheduled program. Let's talk about stock truck, shall we? It's not, it's 13.5 truck. It's, I guess you could call it super stock. But two weeks ago, we had. I think there was five or six of them, plus Bryce and Pavel running his four by four stadium truck, getting ready for the summer series. And Brian Cox um, ended up winning that one. Nice. And then this week, I think we had a full heat of eight trucks, didn't we? Oh yeah. Like more people brought out more people brought out their two wheel drive stadium trucks. So I was pretty happy to see that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think Wade, I think it was Wade and Brian pretty much the whole time because it was the green truck versus the white truck. In the main right. event, dude, and I, then don't I know think what, if what motor Wade's running in that thing, but that thing is a hog. That thing is really fast. Yeah, his stuff's been really good. Like Wade's one of those guys that he's real quiet. Mm-hmm. You know, like he doesn't. He's not a, a super outspoken guy, but his stuff is just always good. Yeah, no matter if we're racing carpet or dirt, you know, mm-hmm. or even eight scale for that matter. I wanted to give a shout out to TJ Williams. He finished third in 13.5 stadium truck uh, mm. this week. So I think that's his first plex buck that he's earned in a field more than like four or five people. Wow. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And he did it with a Losey truck. So that means that the ball cup stayed on the whole time. Wow. Uh, you should get a trophy for that. <laughs> you're you're in a TLR truck and the ball caps didn't come off on your steam truck. Here you go. <laughs> That's amazing. Here you go. Here's five yeah. bucks. We'll go back to thirteen five four wheel drive. So uh, two weeks ago on the old layout, uh, Chance, uh, Rolk, Ken Peterson, Nick Pavel rounded out your top three. Owen was fourth. Eric Wunschel fifth. Ronnie went sixth. Jason Herbal was seventh. And uh, Kevin Lesak, I think he had to leave. Or he broke. I think he might have broken in warm up, I think, or something like that. And then this this week, I don't remember. And the results aren't in front of me. But I do believe I took YouTube video of it. So if you get on the YouTube, uh, the Hobbyplex Show YouTube page, I think you can watch the entire 13.5 A main from start to finish and uh, figure out where everybody was. I, I, I'm pretty sure it was Ken Peterson just just laying it down. And then I think Kinzer, John Kinzer might have finished second. I'm pretty sure. And then I think Owen Vanderbeek ended up third. I think I'm pretty sure that's what the order was. For anything beyond that, I'm sorry I don't have the results in front of me, but uh 13 5 Wheeler again had an A and B main. So mm-hmm. 
again, that class uh, keeps going strong, you know, keeps doing well. And then stock buggy two weeks ago, chance rope did a twofer because he, he ended up uh, uh, taking that top spot. Uh, Wade Gehring second, Justin Stevie got third. Jason Herbal and his serpent got fourth. Jackson Anderson was fifth. And then it was Brian Cox and Mac Vanderbeek. But Mac Vanderbeek broke on lap three. This is on the old layout. The straightaway was coming towards the uh, the announcer's booth. He caught an edge of the ties that hold up the wall on the straightaway. Uh-oh. And he broke his car. Yeah. Remember that? So I was giving him some time. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. and then his he didn't see that his front arm was also broken and it gave out on lap three. That sucks. But I mean, chance was fast. So was Wade, you know, actually, I mean, everybody in expert stock goes pretty fast. What's interesting about that finish two weeks ago was that Wade, Justin Jackson were all independent drivers that also ran experts so they could get some more uh, track time. And they were wheeling it. Yeah, they were wheeling it and they did really good. Fast forward to this week. And I believe it was uh, Mac Vanderbeek pretty much stomped everybody. I think Wade Gearing finished second. And then I believe it was, boy, I'm going to get in trouble if I don't get this right. But I'm pretty sure that it was either Chance or uh, Brian Cox that finished third overall. But again, with without the live RC results in front of me, I honestly can't remember. But remember, uh, this week on the new layout, Jackson Anderson qualified really high. I think he qualified second or third. Yeah. And then he kind of fell back, but he was doing pretty good, so... I drove his buggy after the races and it's like it handled okay. Like there's nothing wrong with the handling, but it was like I had just drove driven uh Corey Tannehill's new B six. That thing was fast for stock. And then I drove his. It's like, dude, if he had a motor, he'd be doing a lot better. Oh he'd no, Peevler. Wasn't Peevler there? Did I think Peevler yeah. might have gotten third. Yeah, I, this I week. think you're right. Dude, uh, the only reason why I remember that now is because uh, Jackson Anderson had about a quarter of a straightaway lead on David Peevler on the straightaway, and Peevler mm-hmm. almost passed him up at the end of the straightaway. Uh-huh. And the, and the new straightaway, the new straightaway is maybe seventy feet. Yeah, it's a lot. Well, it's the same length, but it just looks longer because it's all the way back there now. It's all the way back there now. Yep. Yeah, I forgot David was there. So David Peebler, um I think he ran I can't remember if he ran truck or not. I think I think he did. Saturday is such a blur. It went by so fast and without the results. It's hard to jog my memory. Yeah. But I know he did good in regular stock, ex- expert stock, so I know we were there. Let's get into mod buggy, shall we? So two weeks ago, the last time on uh the old layout, and it was uh Tom Rinnernecht. Again, uh, getting a twofer. Alex Vanderbeek was second, and Ethan Dallaire uh, finished third. And then I finished fourth, you finished fifth, Aiden Olson sixth, Mitchell Pavel seventh, and Derek Wood eighth. What I remember about the the main two weeks ago was I somehow qualified third after a horrific first qualifier. That's that's when I went a little bonkers. And then I held on to third for five and a half minutes, and then... It's actually on video, so it's on YouTube, uh, this whole main event. And you can see me. So I thought 
I for some, this is how weird of a of a of a day it was. So I remembered Derek's car being upside down, who I was trying to put a lap a lap on, and I thought that I just barely touched him, and I ended up upside down as well. The marshal's back was turned to me, so I sat there a little longer than I should have. That allowed Ethan Dallaire to catch up, and Alex Vanderbeek was trying to pass all of us as well. And so the last lap was just this cluster of craziness, right? No, absolutely not. If you watch the video, I am, <laughs> I, I get, I get a slide job from Derek Wood in the corner and ended <laughs> up on my, on my lid. Really? That's, <laughs> yeah. That's too bad. <laughs> well, so, you could have had a, you could so, have had a race like mine where I got ruined in the first corner and had like a 10 second marshal. Right. So we we talked about the first week back and how and how I may or may not have bumped him a little bit to uh to get third on the last lap. Well, he he swears up and down he didn't do it on purpose, but but Derek uh Derek pretty much uh cleaned me out on the last lap, <laughs> lap 2 weeks ago. And uh and so I went from third to fourth, which is still with the day I was having, I'm I in retrospect I'm actually I was actually pretty okay with that. So right. I still beat you. Yeah. <laughs> you sure did. <laughs> Probably shouldn't have though cuz I'm looking at the uh I'm lo- well, you know what? My fast lap was a 197 2 weeks ago, but my consistency was 91.65 and it all be- it was all because of the last two laps. All right. Of it. Your consistency yeah. was actually higher. It was 94.7. What was mine? 94. That's still uh, great. You're- Still not great, but it was, I mean, it's a whole four percentage points higher than mine was. There, there's been races where like in the past where I was running like 98, nine, 99, 1% efficient. Like it's where yes. you have a run that's like a, and a six minute run and your fast lap, your top five, your top 10 and your top 15 are all a 10th of a second apart. Those are, those are like yes. the best. Or if you can make so, your top uh, your top five match your fast lap, that's good. Oh yeah, that's really good. That's that's what mm-hmm. I strive for. I and I haven't I haven't gotten there in a long time. I, I feel like I haven't gotten there in a long time. So if you fast forward to this week, you know we had uh, a brand new layout. So the track was just getting better and better every time we ran on it. It was way smoother. The jumps were more oriented up for. 10th scale. So, you know, we definitely have a one 10th scale track again. We haven't had a 10th scale track for like yeah. six months. Mm-hmm. Um, Alex Vanderbeek TQ'd. He had one mm-hmm. heck of a run. I think he did it in round one, too. I don't think he, I think round two, everybody kind of crashed a little bit, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I there thought him and Tom mod. were like a tenth of a second apart. I, I, I remember that, and I remember... I remember Alex though putting down just a heater of a run and uh kind of knocking Tom off of that top spot for once um yeah. in the last couple of weeks. You know, my car certainly likes the 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 smoother, wetter, more ten scale track for sure. Without yeah. a doubt. I don't know about your car, but my car just I, I just changed a little bit of stuff. You know, I went after last week, you know. Last week, I was really frustrated with a lot of stuff, but, you know, my driving, but also just the car was just bad. And I was I was really struggling with it. 
Like I got all the setup sheets and stuff and I started looking them over and I'm like, oh man, like all my axle heights were what came in the book instead of what was on these setup sheets. So yeah, it, it's like, uh, you remember, uh, a year ago when, when we were running our axle heights at, uh, at two on the associated cars. Yeah. And, and you know, I, I still had mine at zero for mm-hmm. for a long time and then I finally I finally changed mine over to 2 and was like well crap you yeah know, why didn't I do this earlier I I've driven your car several times and been like wow your car is great why didn't I do that earlier you know right and that's yeah. kind of where I was at this week I went I you know I sat here in my my room and really worked thrashed on my car a little bit and when I took it back out to the track lo and behold it's working better mhm so yeah, I, I did a lot of changes to my car. Uh, I put thin pistons in it and um, thickened the oil up a little bit to compensate for the thin pistons. And I'm running long eyelets all the way around on it. And then I've been running one axle height, but I think I might actually go back to two. In the main, my fast lap was only like a twenty-three PO, but earlier in the day, I think I ran like a twenty-two-five. And that was with, you know, the right tires. I put new tires on for me, and I just broke them in and busted them up on the foam buster. But I don't think I got the foams right, like, or soft enough. Because I felt your tires after the yeah. race, and your your inserts were a lot softer than mine, even. So, um, Yeah, my tires softened I, up I, quick. Yeah, I like the setup that's on my car now. And I don't think I'm going to change it uh, for a while. But... I drove yeah. Emerson's car with the stock setup on it after the races. Man, that thing was right? really good. It's like it's like why Dude, why am I even trying something different right now? <laughs> I, I I I did the same thing. So I, I I had I had yet to actually drive a B six point two. I've driven a B six one, but not a point mm-hmm. two. And uh, Emerson's car, you know, is is pretty much brand new. It's got two and a half weeks on it. So I finally said, "All right, I'm going to take Emerson. Give me your car." So I drove his car, and I'm like. Jesus, dude. I'm like, how, how can you not just dominate the B main with this? Like, how can yeah. you not qualify? Well, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm mean, going get it. He's 13 and all, but I was driving his car. I'm like, holy crap. This car is awesome. Yeah. So I, I drove his yeah, car. I, I was like hanging it out sideways and, you know, really ripping on it in a few sections. It's like, there's no reason why you couldn't win with that car. Like that thing. We're good. I yeah. thought I was this, this close to just like, Heck with it. I'm just going to put the stock setup on my car and run it. (laughs) 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 I don't know if I want to go that, do all that yet, but there's a couple of things. Cause like the stock setup is really close to the setup that I ran on the 6.1 all the time. Yeah. Yep. Uh, minus the springs, but he even had the stock V2 white springs on it. I was like, holy cow. around. And, you know, when we first ran, the last time I ran those is when we ran them with the 6.1. And I ran those those same springs for weeks. And I thought that they were fine. I don't even, I can't even think of why I would have changed it. But, heck, I might, I might even, I might change them and just try that and see what that does. Let's talk about this main. So, second lap, I think, I think Alex and Tom either got together or Tom crashed on the pipe and collected Alex Vanderbeek up with him. And I got by and all of a sudden I had like, I had like a straightaway and a half lead. 
on like yeah. lap three. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking to myself, holy crap, my car is working really good too. So I'm like, holy crap, I might have a shot well, to win this thing. And I was second. I got around both of them too. Yeah. Yep. Yep. You were right and there. So it me. was, and I, I was like, heck yeah. It's like the good old days. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> take, take, take that little kids. <laughs> Tom and Alex are clearly faster though. And I can mm-hmm. see them getting closer, but every, it seemed like every time they'd get close, they'd wreck again. Tom caught me. And I was like, man, am I really going to be able to keep him behind me? And, uh, so I, uh, I just kind of let him go. Like he got, he got a line on me. I didn't like force the issue. And I hung right there with him and we reeled you in. I was like, man, yeah. like I'm, I, I'm keeping up with Tom. That's pretty awesome. So second to last lap, I still felt like I could, I, I should have won the race because even though he, Tom closed the gap, you know, a little bit, he would take chunks out. There'd be one or two laps where he didn't make anything on me. And then all of a sudden one lap, you know, he'd make up a half a second. Mm-hmm. And, uh, there's that new section where it's that, it's that really tight switchback. And then you go over that little baby double and then you got to jump up to the top where the old straightaway was. And then you go over that next double that's, that turned kind of wonky for the day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, like it, the front of it got kind of dug out a little bit. Well, for me, there was a spot that I was aiming for every lap that I could kind of jump up and then land, let my car settle and then be able to do that double. And this, on this lap, I landed a little bit too long and my car kind of bounced and it started to turn into the pipe. And so I had to like let off the gas, hit the brakes really hard and recollect everything. And that at that, it was that moment where I lost that race. I think if I wouldn't, Mm -hmm. if I wouldn't have done that, I don't think Tom would have been close enough to pass me, but because of that, the next lap, he was close enough to, uh, to make a move. What was fun though is I got him back on the next corner and then he got me back yeah. on the next corner after that. So we, we swapped the lead like three times in one lap without wrecking each other. And then the race finished, but I, it was kind of like what you said earlier. I was, I was actually like, okay, this, this feels good again. I remember what this was like a little bit, you know? No, his, so. uh, his, it was definitely good to be up there. Uh, Alex Vanderbeek was making a really hard charge and, uh, he, uh, I think he kind of caught a pipe or something. And, yeah, uh, well, he had fast lap by a lot. Yeah. He He was running 21 tenths of a second. Yeah. He was running 21 eight. Yeah. Which is annoying. Super annoying. Yeah. But sure. You know, that's, that's very making the A mains at the Reedy race. (laughs) Right. Yeah. That's why they make the mains at the Reedy race though, you know, so. But it was nice. It was, uh, it was yep. Tom, me, you, top three. And then it was Vanderbeek, Derek Wood, Aiden Olson, Ken Peterson. And then Ethan Dallaire just got totally hosed at the start of that race. And it wasn't yeah. by anybody. It wasn't by anybody. It was, it was, he, he hit the pipe on the very first corner and was stuck there. And the marshal, unfortunately, um, was a younger person who, you know, when I was up there looking the, the track over to give Owen the thumbs up on whether or not we were ready to go or not, you know, I kind of felt, I kind of felt that this, this kid was okay because he had done okay throughout the day as far as marshalling goes, but he just didn't see him. And then right. instead of giving, instead of giving him the good marshal where you put him on the other side of the pipe in an instant like that, you know, which we at the Hobbyplex, you know, if it was a, if, if he, it was a roar race, you couldn't do that, you know? Right. 
but, but at a club race, it, you know, you can use some common sense and be like, shoot, I didn't see him for, uh, you know, five seconds, you know, I'll put him here to right. make up for it. You know, we're usually or pretty cool a with pilot. Yeah. Or there's a pile of cars or something. But the thing is, is yeah. if he did put him on the other side of the pipe, he would have been a lap down. Yeah. But we could have fixed that. that. But yeah, that's yeah. true. But anyways, so he, he, he didn't, uh, he didn't feel like continuing and that's fine. You know, he did good. He didn't like stomp off or anything. He's just like, nah, okay. Yeah. You right. know, next week we'll have more next week could be a summer series. So we'll make sure we have all 10 quarter marshals out there instead mm-hmm. of, you know, eight or seven. And it should be better. Plus we learned, you know, where the hot spots are for next, for next week. You know, it was kind of nice dude, I was able just, to race on the layout that we're going to race on for a bigger race beforehand. So we can yeah. work the bugs out. And that, you know, if anybody ever says anything, just, you know, that's not something that we normally do, but at the same time, it also came down to time period. Like, like that was when it was okay for me to be scheduled to basically not be in the store for five days. Cause that's what it was. It was right, exactly, I, you know, mm-hmm. I, I was in the store Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday mm-hmm. or Friday for that matter. You know, let's see, we got uh independent stock buggy. So two weeks ago, and again, independent buggies had an A&B main every single week. So two weeks ago, mm-hmm. Justin Stevie got in front of Wade Gehring and then Phil Palmer got third. Jackson Anderson was fourth. Tim Marks, fifth, Daryl Wallen, Greg Million and, uh, and Joe Schnoes was in the top, the top eight. And then this week, it's one of those deals again, where because it's not on live RC, it's hard for me to kind of remember, but, uh, I did film this race and had it, uh, it is up on YouTube on the Hobbyplex show, uh, YouTube channel, the whole thing. And if I remember correctly, I think Wade made a mistake through the new double double section, uh, or the, uh, is, what do we call that? An option line? Re- there's three uh, different ways through it. Should oh we call yeah, it an option the, line? the the middle. Yeah, the middle yeah. of the track. Yeah, because there was yeah, guys that were taking it uh, double, triple, uh, and then onto the tabletop, or there was guys that were because I tripled it and then doubled out. Usually, yeah, that's how I did it too. That felt mm-hmm. more natural to me, you know. Yeah, it re- it really did. Uh, it it would be faster to do it double triple because you can hug the pipe going up to the double yeah. faster that way. You don't have to come out at all. And I like early on in the race, I it was probably only one car length off the pipe, and triple it and downside it perfect. Mm-hmm. And then like, as the race yeah. kind of like when you get to the last couple minutes, I was having to come out a little bit wider. I'm pretty sure Wade made a mistake there and it kind of piled up the field. And I believe Tyler Brinkerhoff led um, a, a pretty substantial amount of independent buggy. But then after that, I honestly don't remember who won and I should go back and watch my YouTube uh, channel again just to see. But Kind of the same group of guys in independent buggy again. And a lot of them are running expert just to get the extra tack track time, which I'm totally fine with. Um, that's, you know, mm-hmm. that's awesome. I don't know. It's just good to see, uh, again, our independent buggy guys kind of have their own platform to race with and, to and to show. So, yeah, I know Phil Palmer was up there too. He's doing good. Two weeks ago, we had 10 e buggies and Ashton Abdul won the main. In mm-hmm. front of Tom Rinderneck and Mitchell yeah. Pavel got third. 
Mm-hmm. And Tom was having trouble in qualifying. So he qualified ninth. His car kept shutting off on him, but in the main, it, it held up the whole way. So he had to kind of get through a majority of that traffic. But Ashton Abdul is a really, really good eight scale driver. Yeah. So, that's what he likes to do. Uh, he's, he's very passionate. He had the highest consistency out of anybody in the race. And mm-hmm. uh, he didn't have the fastest lap. Rinderneck had an 18.5, but Ashton had a 19.2. So he had the second right. fastest lap of everybody. But he just strung mm-hmm. them together more. If you look at his, uh, if you look at his um, uh, top three consecutive, it's actually one tenth faster than Rinderneck's. Uh, this week, I think we only had two e-buggies. And uh, mm-hmm. David Peevler brought his out, and he was quadding that middle section because I told him to. Yeah, because <laughs> it was That's cool. Otherwise, the those big cars, you know, you risk having those things damage the jumps by nosing in. And if you just clear the whole thing, then it's not it's not as big of a deal. Right. And then Ronnie went, uh, got second this week. And then in, uh, I believe, Bryson Pavel and uh, ne- Neville, they ran they ran their four wheel drive uh, truggies. And I put them in with the buggy just to save us <laughs> some corner marshals. Yeah. So there you go. We got through our race results. You know, we skipped them last week because we had we had Zeke on. But uh, Mm -hmm. I was one of the reasons why I wanted to have the show is to just cover cover our guys, you know, that come out to race and give them a little bit of uh, of props when they do well or or just, you know, give everybody a little bit of a shout out. That's when we first started it. That was like one of the uh, compliments that we got is how local it was. But it's like the most local national show you've ever listened to. So. (laughs) <laughs> okay well well i think that's uh i think that's good i think we had uh we talked about some uh new products that associated brought out we talked about the byron's fuel uh thing going on and then we got in some race results we talked about the summer series and how we're gonna go ahead and do that uh, this weekend so overall yeah. i think uh not too bad of a show not too bad no yeah i'd take it i'd have one i feel i feel a little i feel a little weird on the phone like this. Really? Yeah, I do. Now I know how you oh. felt the last two months, three months. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, uh, be safe down there in Lincoln. I will be safe up here in Bennington and, uh, yeah. we'll try to stay out of trouble. Hopefully my, uh, my sister and, and brother-in-law will be all right at webrise.com headquarters and, and, uh, everything will turn out. Okay. Thanks for listening. Um, make sure you guys check in on pivotlending.com and uh, make sure you mention our show if you're going to get uh, get hooked up with a home loan or a, or a refinance or something like that. And thanks to Will. I will see you later. What's Will going to do? Probably see you guys on the flip-flop.